The following message is from Life Source Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about Life Source is available at lifesource.org.au. Well, if you have your Bibles with you, would you open up to 1 Peter chapter 5? 1 Peter chapter 5. I, I want to share with you not 13 reasons why you should be part of Connect Groups, but just three reasons why we ought to be in a Connect Group. And um, the first one comes from 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Very powerful scripture that you've heard uh, quoted many, many times. But I just want to put a Connect Group spin to this scripture. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. This scripture uses the metaphor of a lion to describe the enemy, the devil. And uh, I don't know if you've ever seen a documentary of, of lions in Africa and feeding. And uh, what you find is that lions will always look for the weak and the struggling in the pack. When, when there's a pack of gazelles or a pack of, of uh, antelopes or, or whatever they're aiming for, they don't go to the middle of the pack to find their food. They're always looking for the edge of the pack. They're always looking for the smallest and the weakest and those that are struggling because it becomes easy prey for them. And, uh, and this is so important that we understand this that one of the reasons for us to be in connect groups is because it's safer. It's safer. We're, we're protected. We're gathered. We actually get into the middle of the pack rather than stay on the extremities of the pack. And what I notice in churches all over the world, not just in Australia, is that you have people that are stragglers. They're, they're, they're not in the middle of what God's doing. They're on the edges of what God's doing. There's, uh, there's always an excuse as to why that to be at the edge. There's always a reason. They're too busy. They've worked too hard. It's a day of rest. And, and uh, you know, the excuses just keep on keeping on. And, uh, and consequently, what happens is that their spiritual strength wanes and they come to the edge and it becomes easy prey for the enemy. There's another metaphor that I want to use in this, and that's found in, in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 25, verse 17. And in Deuteronomy 25, verses 17 to 18, it talks about Amalek. Amalek was uh, a nation of people that attacked the children of Israel. And they had a particular strategy, the Amalekites. And um, matter of fact, the Bible talks about God cursing the Amalekites because of what they did. But they had a very particular strategy. So if you can picture in your mind the children of Israel leaving Egypt to go to the promised land, there was probably two million people all journeying together. And they were put in positions. Every tribe had a position. What's, what's interesting, uh, I actually mapped out once um, the positioning of the children of Israel. And uh, the Bible gives us the position of each tribe and the number of each tribe. This is a fascinating little piece of information. And so I used graph paper 
to put together the, the consistency of the tribes and where they were positioned. And each tribe obviously was a bigger square or a bigger rectangle depending on how many of them were. And when you put it on paper and you look at it from the sky, you find that when the tribes all came together, they actually formulated a cross. As they walked from the sky, if you look from the sky, you'd see a cross, just this, this, this mark of the cross. It's just an amazing thing. I challenge you to, to do it. Helen, you're going to do it, are you? You've already done it. See, you're, you're ahead of the game right there. You're ahead of the game. That's why we love you so much. But what happened was this, was that there were those that didn't stay in the middle of the cross. There were those that didn't stay in the middle of the pack. There were those that didn't stay in the middle of the strength. And they were called the stragglers. Put, put up the next verse. Um, and, and, uh, and it says, how we met you on the way and attacked your rear ranks. The stragglers at the rear. The tired and the weary. And so what happened was the Amalekites didn't go for the center of the cross where the strength was. They didn't go for the center of the pack where the strength was. They actually went for those who were tired, who were weary. And, uh, and, and can I just say that in every church family, there are those that get tired. There are those that get weary. There are those that get discouraged. There are those that get disillusioned. There are those that become unsettled and in their unsettledness, they become disconnected. And in becoming disconnected, you, you become an easy target. You become an easy target. And so we don't want you to be an easy target because I'm telling you, there's nothing worse than trying to do your journey in life with arrows sticking out of your legs because you've become a target for the enemy. And I see this metaphorically in people. Wherever I go, I see people that are struggling and, and they speak their disillusionment. They speak their discontent. They speak that they're, that they're struggling. And I want to say to you, hey, get into the middle. We'll pull out the arrows. We'll protect you. We'll gather around you. We'll strengthen you. But you've got to be connected. That brings me to the second point. So why, why, should we, why should we do connect groups? Why should we be involved in connect groups? Well, first of all, it's safer. But number two, this was God's plan right from the beginning. Turn to Romans chapter 8, 15 to 16. Romans chapter 8, 15 to 16. This was God's plan right from the beginning. I love this verse in, in Romans chapter 8. 15 and 16, it says this. Let's read it together. It says, For you did not receive the spirit of adoption. You did not receive the spirit of bondage again uh, to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. Everybody say children of God. See, God's plan right from the beginning is that you might belong to his family. That was his plan, that you might belong to his family. So what happens is this, is that when you become children of God, the family structure is not just relationship between you and God, but you and the other brothers and sisters. 
And, and, and the relationship with the other brothers and sisters is just as important. And sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we're just looking at my relationship to God. But God says, no, my plan for you was not just to be connected to me, but to be part of my family, connected to one another. And so throughout the Bible, we see the metaphor of the body. When you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, Paul gives the metaphor of the body and how important it is for us to be connected to one another, to do life with one another, and how every part of the body contributes to the other part. What a joy it is to have all the gifts supporting each other. What a joy it is, not only to come today to experience God, but to experience one another. What a joy it is just to feel the love that comes from, from one another. You know, we've got uh, two, two of our wonderful seniors in our church, ex-missionaries from Serbia, Mani and Sally. Karuga, just amazing, beautiful people. You know, every time I see them, my heart just sings. And so because they're mature people, I can kiss them and nobody takes any. And so I'll, I'll kiss Marnie on the cheek and he loves being kissed by his pastor. And I kiss Sally. He loves that. Europeans, see, they love that. You know, some of you would flinch, but not Marnie. He puckers up for another one, but I'm <laughs> But see, this is family. This is this is love. This is, it's the joy of that. It's the joy of connection, not just with God, but with each other. What a joy it is to, to be able to connect, not just on Sundays with, you know, with the church of our size, we have to have two services because we can't fit everybody in to the auditorium. And so, so some of you will miss the family from the second service, but it's your family. And so, and so it's so important that you have this connection, uh, that we call connect groups. So, um, uh, let, let me just say something here as well, because we've just introduced Right Now Media for you. And Right Now Media is Christian Netflix. So uh, it's, it's, you stream it into your home, and uh, you have to have an internet connection. But we, we give you all of the passwords and everything so you can get that internet connection. And then, you know, when there's nothing on television, which is 24-7, there's nothing on... Uh, yeah, and, and you're looking for just a few moments that you've got, why don't you just get right now media? Because it, it's got 14,000 DVDs that are for kids, for teenagers, for adults, for those that are mature in the faith. You've got so much teaching, you've got so much entertainment, and it's all Christian. It's all Christian. It's, it's yours. But you know what? Some people are saying, oh, but if people get right now media, they won't go to connect groups. They'll do connect groups in their home. No, no, connect groups is not for you to connect with the television set. It's for you to connect with people. And so, and so we, we're providing right now media as a supplement, not a substitute for connect groups. And so those of you that say, oh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll watch, you know, this, this uh, person, you know, I'll, I'll watch John Bevere on Right Now Media. Yeah, absolutely do that as a supplement. But what you need more than John Bevere 
on DVD. You need Sister Mary right now making you a cup of tea and asking how are, how are you and looking you in the eye and giving you a hug because that's, you can't, you can't replace that. That's so important. See, many, many years ago, they thought that churches would be emptied because of televangelists broadcasting their television programs on television. And they thought, oh, now that, you know, that, that the that televangelists have come on, that uh, churches will be devoid. How many of you know that's not the case? Because you can't substitute personal interaction. As wonderful as it is to listen to worship music in your car, really, really loud. So, and especially in, in our car, we've got 14 speakers. It's surround sound. Huh? And then if my wife said, that's 15 speakers, but no, I won't. <laughs> it's beautiful. Because it's beautiful talk. And, uh, uh, but it can't, it can't be substituted for the, for, for the surround worship, you get surround sound in the car, but you get surround worship in church. See, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing, but it's a supplement to the real thing. And the real thing is people. We need people. We just need the warmth and the touch and the eye contact of people. And that's what God's plan was right from the beginning. And so when you go to the book of Acts... You'll find that they had the temple where they worshipped, but they had house to house where there was the interaction. And, and the eating and the food. How many of you think it's awesome to eat together? I, I love that. We eat together. So yesterday I was at Ben and Cynthia's Connect Group and, uh, and we had really hot South Indian curry. Oh, very, very good. I liked it very, very much. And so we had the interaction, the fellowship, the food. How do you substitute that? You can't have a television set and take away meal and think that you can substitute interaction with people and eating with one another. It's just awesome. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. It's God's plan right from the beginning. And that's what the New Testament church had. It was their plan. Acts 2.46. They broke bread from house to house. Acts 5.42. Daily in the temple and in every house, they didn't stop teaching that Jesus is the Christ. Acts 20, verse 20. Paul was saying, how I taught you publicly and from house to house. So, so it's God's plan. And it was instituted by God. And, and, and Sandra said it so beautifully that that was Jesus' style. He introduced connect groups with his disciples. And that was the way they interacted. And what I find fascinating as well with Jesus was just the way he spoke publicly to the crowds and the way that he spoke in his connect group to the disciples. They were at two different levels. Because in the connect group, it's okay to ask questions. In a crowd, if all of you put up your hand and we started asking questions, how many of you know it would take me forever to get through a message? And so you get it hard, fast, furiously, point after point. You sit there, you listen, and, and, and it is a way of connecting. But in small groups, you get to discuss. It's, as John said, iron sharpening iron. There's this discussion that takes an opportunity to ask questions. And so what you find with the disciples is that they would hear Jesus telling the parables in the public arena. But then when they get into the house and it's the connect group, they say, hey, Jesus, you know the parable about the sower and, and the seed? 
will you explain that to us? What, what does that mean? And, and what did this mean? And Jesus explains it to them. They go deeper. And that's the whole idea with connect groups is that you get to go deeper. And so in a connect group, in, in, in most cases, you only get to hear maybe 15 minutes of my teaching on DVD. And then you've got over half an hour to three quarters of an hour of discussion where you get to talk with each other. How do you apply that? You know, Pastor John was talking about prayer in that DVD. How do you pray? How do you find time to pray? And so the Connect Group leader leads in a discussion, and it's people sharing with each other, interacting with each other. And then finally, there's an opportunity to pray for one another. What a wonderful thing it is to be able to pray for one another. This was God's plan. This is family, people. This is family. And that's what I love about our church. It's family. It's family. And you know what I love the most about our church? Is it's multicultural family. I love being able to go to Cynthia and Ben's and eat authentic South Indian curry. That is just, that's a bonus. You know, I, I love to go to Rocco and Olga's home group and be able to eat authentic Calabrian, Calabrese food. And um, the spaghetti, it's just awesome. Uh, I won't tell you what they kill to eat the food, but um, it's just delicious. <laughs> Something's got to die for you to eat, okay? So anyway, we won't go there. Number three third reason why we ought to be in home groups. Number one, it's safer. Number two, it's God's plan. Number three, it enables us to grow spiritually. Do you know that in the Bible, there are over 40 commands in the Bible that cannot be accomplished outside of connect groups? Over 40 commands that you can't do if you're not connected. And, and so, so let me share with you some of the commands. One of them is John 13, 35, that says we have to love one another. And, and in actual fact, the Bible says that this is the true sign of discipleship, the way that we love each other. Can I just say that it's wonderful for you to come to church, but can you really show genuine love to each other when you just come for a, an hour and a half at church? Uh, do you really know what the person next to you is going through? This is an amazing thing that when you're involved in connect groups and you get sick, you've got everyone in your connect group that's out looking for you. They're asking, can we cook a meal for you? Can we bring it around to your place? What can we do? And, and so there's this, there's this love factor that, you know, it's one thing for me to shake your hand and say, I love you. It's another thing for me to reach out my hands and say, what can I do to demonstrate my love for you? And connect groups, you do that. Can I just say you're missing out if you don't do this? Here's Sandra, new to Australia. It was just her testimony right here beforehand. And she's never forgotten it. We're talking, how many years ago was that, Sandra? That was over two decades ago. Never forgotten. Here she is, new to Australia, comes to church. But in church, hello, how are you? I'm going home. See you later. But in connect groups, it's, hey, Sandra, you're new to Australia. Let me, let me show you around. Let me show you how it all works. And so connect group members showed her how it worked. She actually found family. She found love. She found strength. She's never forgotten it. 20 years later, she's trying to encourage others to enjoy that same love factor that she had 20 years ago. She's saying, man, everybody needs this. Why, why would you want 
to go through life without having this because that's what's at offer in connect groups. Bible says, be kind to one another in Ephesians 4.32. So again, you know, kindness has to be demonstrated in a practical way. How do you demonstrate kindness outside of connect groups? And so connect groups, there's, there's, there's a way where you can demonstrate kindness. Forgive one another, Ephesians 4.32. Well, folks, that's, that's always going to be a challenge. Galatians 6.2, support one another. How important it is to be of support to each other all the time. Consider one another. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. The whole aspect of consideration. How many of you know that, that uh, when you do life, sometimes you want to do it selfishly? Sometimes you just want to be alone and uh, leave me alone and I want to be by myself. That's okay to do that, but not all the time. You know, some of you are introverts and uh, you love your alone time. How many of you are an introvert and you love your alone time? How many of you are extroverts and you love being with people? See, connect groups are not just for extroverts. Connect groups are for introverts as well. Come on. And uh, matter of fact, the introverts probably need connect groups more than the extroverts because they need people. And not only do they need people, but people need them as well. And you know, the beautiful thing about connect groups is that it doesn't just have to be small talk. Maybe church is more small talk than connect group. And so it's in connect group that you're actually able to open up your heart and go deep whether it be in, in the Bible, whether it be in practical aspects of life, but you're able to do life deep and you consider each other. And part of the, the, the responsibility of the connect group leaders is not to have one person dominate the meeting. And so we train them on how to share the meeting and make sure and we, and we use the, uh, the, the uh, what we do is that we have a ball and, um, and it's like the conversation is a ball. And so we make sure that the ball, if you're playing the game, gets passed to every person rather than just going backwards and forwards. How many of you know it's boring if you go to a ball game and you're part of the game and one person is just throwing the ball up in the air and catching them, we're all watching that. And we just say, you know, that's the same in connect groups. If someone just hogs the conversation, it's boring for everybody else. So you as a leader, throw the ball to someone that hasn't touched the ball and get them to connect and get them to talk. And so that's part of our training because that's what we want. We want people to interact and... Um, um, and consider each other. Then Hebrews 10.24 says, exhort each other. That word exhort means to build each other up. That's just six of 40. You know, I haven't got time to go through the whole 40. But what a wonderful thing it is, just the exhortation to encourage people. How many of you know that in life, there's plenty of opportunity to be discouraged? I, I guarantee that there are people here today that are discouraged. You've been exposed to something this past week that's created discouragement in your life. You know, you've, you've had a letter or a phone call or a text or a bill or something that's created discouragement in your life. Life is full of discouragement. We need people around us that encourage, that give us courage, that lift us up, that are able to say to us, you know what, I'm going to pray with you over that. You know what, I'm a big believer that whatever happens to you has a use-by date. And yes, you might be in the midst of a valley, but God 
has the final word. He's going to see you through. Just a word like that just brings hope. It brings encouragement. And you might say, yeah, I know that. But just to hear someone say it to you in your moment of discouragement does that. Or, or, or someone might, might look at you and say, oh, man, I can see an arrow in the back of your leg. You know, the enemy's been attacking you. Can I help remove that error? Can we pray together? Can we just bandage the wounds? Can we just help you? You're limping. I can see you limping. Let me put my arm around you so that we can do the walk together so you're not by yourself. Why would you not want that? That's what's available. That's what our church is. You know, We've got people that belong to three or four connect groups. Isn't that right? We've got people in our church that say, Monday, what connect groups on Monday? Tuesday, what connect groups on Tuesday? Tuesday, Wednesday, because they don't want to be at home by themselves. They want to be with others. And you know what our spirit is? May you go to 50 connect groups if you want to. That's all right, because the goal is for you to connect. The goal is for you to encourage others and to be encouraged. And if you're doing that, that's awesome. Wow, let me finish on connect groups. And then I'll start my second message on baptism. You thought, wow, he's going really fast this morning. Yeah, because I've got two sermons to preach. So this is on connect groups. And um, all that I want to say is this. The, the enemies, get hold of this. This is really important. I want to finish with this on connect groups. I've worked out what the enemy's biggest desire is for your life as a Christian. So before you're a Christian, his biggest desire is to stop you becoming a Christian, okay? That's his biggest, do anything. How many of you experienced the enemy trying to stop you from becoming a Christian, but you beat him? You said, nah, I'm not listening to you. I'm becoming a Christian. Now that you're a Christian, what's his biggest desire? Here it is. Number one, to disconnect you from God. Number two, to disconnect you from God's people. So that's his biggest passion. That's what he tries to do. And so if he can't disconnect you from God, then he'll disconnect you from God's people. I don't know how many thousands of people I've to, spoken to that have said to me, yeah, I used to go to church, but I don't go anymore because, hey, I got disillusioned, but I still pray. I still love God. Well, you know what? You've fallen into the enemy's trap. You might be kind of connected with God, but you've been disconnected from God's people, and that makes you an easy target. And so I guarantee that I've not yet met one of those people that are full of fire and full of passion. They're walking around with arrows, with hurts, with discontent, with disillusionment. They are just limping through life. I'm telling you right now, they are limping through life, not skipping and dancing through life with the joy of the Lord being their strength. That's the enemy's biggest plan for you as a Christian, to disconnect you from God, disconnect you from God's people. But do you know what God's biggest desire for you is? Here it is. God's biggest desire for you is that you might be connected to God and be connected to his family. Oh, what a joy it is to be connected to his family. Be connected across the board with his family, loving, loving the family. And you know what? Like any family, the family that you grow up in, you got siblings that sometimes are nice and sometimes not so nice. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not so good. But you know what? Family sticks together. Yeah. Family, family actually 
supports each other through the good times and the tough times. And we forgive each other and we embrace each other and we do life. Why? Because life is better together than alone. We've worked that one out. God's desire was not only to connect you to himself, but was to connect you to one another, to the family of God. And I I just want so much for you to get this so that you can be connected. So, So here it is, the big challenge for you. How are you doing with that? So between zero and 10, what's your connection to God like? You know, between zero and 10, are are you a 10 connected to God? In other words, I'm so aware. I'm doing life every single day, aware of God. Wow, I'm connected. Or is it zero, disconnected from God? Here's the second question. Between zero and 10, what's your connection like with the family? Are you connected with the family of God or are you disconnected? You're just doing my Christian walk by myself or am I doing it? Where would you put yourself? Because you know what? It's God's heart for you to do 10 on both those points. It's the enemy's heart for you to do zero or score really low. So who are you making happy today, God or the enemy? And I want to say to you that if you make God happy, you actually make yourself happy. And uh, the joy of the Lord becomes your strength. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father, I just pray right now for every single person in this auditorium just to get connected to God. Let's, while every head is bowed and every eye is closed, if you're here this morning and uh, you feel disconnected from God, you're scoring a zero or a one or a two in your connection with God, but today you want to be more connected with God, I'd love to pray for you. Would you lift up your hand and say, John, that's me. I'm feeling disconnected, but today I want to be more connected to God. Just quickly, just lift up your hand because I just want to pray for you. Who are those people today? Across this auditorium. You're feeling disconnected, but today you want to get connected. For whatever reason, you're just feeling disconnected. I'd love to pray for you. Who are those people? Quickly, just lift up your hand right now. I'd love to pray for you. Okay. For the rest of you, I just want you to open up your hands to heaven. And I want you to pray this prayer with me. I want you to say, Father God, I want to thank you that I have a connection with you. Now help me, Lord. Increase my connection to the others in your family. Lord, help me not only to receive from others, but to give to others. My presence is important in the lives of others. And help me, Lord, to be present in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Life Source Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at lifesource.org.au to find out more about our church and to also access other free resources.